Welcome to the Doy Boys Podcast, episode 76. I'm one of your Bro, hosts. It's episode 67. <laughs> Damn it. Did you say 76? I'm dyslexic. We're going to keep it. That's We're going to keep going. Episode 67. Episode 67. I'm dyslexic. It's a problem. Anyway, I'm one of your guests, Joey. I'm Schmort. I'm Franz. And you're one of the hosts. Yeah. I thought I was the guest. I'm one of the hosts. He's one of the guests. He's dyslexic. Did I say guest? You yeah. did. You, I thought you did that as a joke, man. <laughs> no, dude. I meant to say host. All right. I'm one of the other hosts. <laughs> Nico. Yeah, this is Nico, our guest today. He's, uh, he's a cool guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so today I listened to a podcast. Very, very disturbing. And I recommend that everyone should listen to it, especially parents or even if you have younger siblings, I would recommend that you let your parents know. Um, I think that they should listen to this podcast. It is called The Sean Ryan Show. And the episode is episode 56. The guest is Ryan Montgomery. Uh, I think it's Montgomery. Anyway, he is an ethical hacker. And something oh. something that he does is he hacks into child pornography sites and he helps to expose uh child predators and i think that in that um podcast it just shows you how how easy it is for a predator to i guess come in contact with your child and how easy your child can come into contact with that in the on the internet and I think that that's super important for parents to pay attention to. It is an, a very uncomfortable subject, but I think that it is a very important subject and it could like save your child from a lifetime of trauma. And it's just, you like, who knows? Like, I'm just gauge what they're watching on the internet, what they're doing on the internet, who they're talking to on the internet. You know, there's apps that you can put in place for your kids. And I just, I just, I don't know. I just feel like I want to put that out there because the internet can be a dangerous place. Mm -hmm. And like some of the things you see on there, you can't unsee. They're permanently burned into your head and they can mess with you mentally. And also like uh, uh, kids, usually in the puberty age, there's, there's a lot of hormones just rampaging. So like they don't really know what's going on. And then when you see like, different things on the internet or people trying to talk to you and you're getting attention from it. Like it's very easy to get caught up in stuff like well, that. Kids, kids feed off of attention. So a lot of times they resort to going on technology, finding internet friends. And like if they're not getting the attention at home and ah, the parents just throw an iPad in their face, you know, that's a very common thing yeah. going on right now, man, this kid will not shut up. Here's an iPad. Well, guess what? That kid will navigate that iPad in less than like a month. He'll have that thing mastered. Yep. Children are insanely intelligent. Mm -hmm. I've seen like little kids just like, pick it up. They they know the iPads better than we even do at this point. Out of ten, here's a disturbing statistic. I want you guys to guess. Out of ten people, how many people? Okay, one. You know what? Never mind. One person. I'm just sometimes bad. Three. At it. Okay. <laughs> He's dyslexic. Three. Remember? Yeah. Okay. I don't think that's. <laughs> okay, one out of ten people experience a negative sexual encounter before they're 18. One in 10? One in 10. And 40% of those are a 12 and under. <sighs> Yikes. That's messed up. Yeah. That's, that's, that's really, really messed up. 
and the internet makes it super easy. That's the thing, dude. You're on Omegle. You ever been on Omegle? It's a, it's a website. I don't know if you're familiar with it. You don't go on this website if you don't know about it, but it's a website where you, uh, you, just, you meet, just get you paired with, with a different person. They have their video cam on. You have yours on. Like you're just, it's just like you can shuffle through random people and talk. Except people are not talking on there. They're jerking showing off. They're junk. they're showing their their uh, snakes around, and then you shuffle a little bit, and there's like a little six year old kid, like side by side. Why is that in the same website? You know, yeah. like a little six year old kid is going to get paired with that, and then guess what? They're scarred for life at six. Like there's clips of little little kids on that on those kind of websites. Oh, I've encountered those. I've been on Omega before. And I skipped through there, and then there will be somebody that is exposing themselves, and then in the next, there'll be just a child. And if you're not careful with what your kid's doing on the internet, those are the websites that they're going to be going on. Mm-hmm. And child pornography isn't just exclusive to, um, uh, like like in these predators isn't just exclusive to the dark web. It's on Instagram. It's on Snapchat. You can encounter predators on PS4, Xbox, literally anything that has a connection, anything that can connect you to another person um, with, through any kind of communication, uh, internet communication. Those predators are there somewhere. I think it's just, I, I don't know. I think that podcast that I just listened to, it made me actually nauseous. Made me feel um, very, very uncomfortable. I'm going to have to listen to it. Highly recommend it. You can find it right now. I saw you post it on your story on, on Doy Boy too on Instagram. Go on Joy's Instagram story. Yep. So, Nico, you're getting married. Yep. Um, maybe not in the near future, but in the future, are you planning on having children? Yeah, we are. So what's your opinion on uh, allowing your kids access to the internet? Oh, I don't think uh, my fiance's name is Karina, and okay. I don't think either of us will be a big fan of that for a while. Okay. I don't I don't think I had my first um iPod or iPhone until I was maybe 12, 13, 14. And when I did, I had to work for it. My mom said go corny tasseling and that's how you can get it. So, I didn't want to do it the first year I bet, but I did after. But we'll do something similar with our kids like go climb a tree. I cli- I'm 24 and I still climb a tree. Yeah. So you can go climb a tree at 6. Okay. I'm really glad I had a upbringing where I was still playing outside. You know, I think that really helps with creativity and and just overall your development as a child. You're learning how the world works, really. Like the other day, me and my son, we actually just went for a three quarter kilometer jog, and he he kept me, he kept up to me the entire time. Hmm. I wasn't pushing hard, but <laughs> he's three. But dude, he loves being outside. Kids love it. Take him outside. Put your time in. Mm-hmm. Put him in sports. Yeah, yeah. Put him in sports. And, and like also bring them into your hobbies. Like if you got good hobbies, like bring your kid fishing. Mm-hmm. I love like when my, like I, my dad didn't take me very often when I was a kid, but he has taken me fishing before and I loved it. It was amazing. I still remember when I first caught my, when I caught my first fish and he took me, he took me fishing as a core memory. And you know, that, and I think it, it helps the child develop good social skills and helps them um, learn how to interact with other people. And fishing? Stuff. No, no. Just like, <laughs> like if you put them in active, like sports, yeah, or yeah. if you keep them in the real world rather than cooping them upside with an iPad, mm-hmm. you know, then I think that that promotes like, um, 
anti anti socialism. Yeah, anti social personalities. Yeah. I wonder what I wonder why the human like humanity is so addicted to technology. It's like that's like the preference for literal like one year old children are like they scream for their iPads. Like it's like we have this thing instilled in us that we need it, but it's a fairly new thing. Like this stuff wasn't even around fifty years ago. Did you ever watch the uh, Social Dilemma on Netflix? I've wanted to. I have not. That made me feel sick after watching it. Really? Yeah. It just opens your eyes to what's going on and like. Like, like people uh, think AI are going to take over the world. They they already, they already are in that yeah. sense, right? Like, give, give us an overview of what the social dilemma is like. About. It's a lot of people who used to work at those companies like Facebook, Google, or all those app development companies. And, and they would say, we have to program how to, how to manipulate someone to stare at their phone for an extra two seconds and they'll do it. And they'll, they'll want, they'll watch everything, not like watch through the phone, what you do, but they'll, they'll monitor the screen and how long you're scrolling on that one thing. And then they'll send you something like that. It's, you're a test dummy to them. Hmm. And it's, it's just sick. Dude, they send, uh, they send fake vibrations sometimes. Yeah. Your phones. Yeah. You ever check your, you feel a buzz. I felt that before. You feel a buzz and then you check it and there's nothing, but Hey, your phone's out. So now you're on your phone and you think you're crazy. There's literally, there's literal theories that they're, that they're, I don't disbelieve that That's at all. That's great. Like, I heard yeah. this one thing about AI the other day, which kind of got me thinking. Um, it has to do with U.S. military, actually. Um, they're messing around with AI drone strikes. Uh, and this AI has one mission that's to eliminate the enemy. And the commander told it to stand down, and it realized that the commander was an obstacle, and it fired at the commander. I don't trust AI, man. The way that the push for AI going on right now, it's a little scary. Like it's if you kind of paid a little bit of attention, they're doing AI generated music now where they're taking like popular artists like Drake, Juice World, like those guys. And they, they AI generate a song and it can sing the vocals like the artist. Yeah. It's, it's altered. You can hear it. Like mm-hmm. there's something non-human about it, but it's creepy. Mm-hmm. It'll like get, it's almost it'll get too, to clean, though. too close mm-hmm. to, to the real thing. And now they're doing that with, um, like, so many jobs on the computers, like, uh, creative design are getting eliminated, like, just stomped out because AI mm-hmm. is just taking it, mm-hmm. taking the wheel. Uh, photo, I don't know if you guys have heard, but Photoshop just came up with a... Uh, AI generate. An AI generator, which, if you don't know what Photoshop is, you can, like, let's say you want a picture of a UFO in the background. Mm-hmm. Well, now you got to grab a UFO off of Google, put it in there filter it, put some lighting on it to make it look realistic that gets actually there. Cause if you just throw it on a sticker, like it looks like a sticker, it, it looks no. like a sticker. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, the bubbly's hitting, man. Dude, the anyway, anyway I have a really good point here and I want, I don't want to lose it. Now you can literally just highlight the area where you'd want the UFO and then it says AI generate. You click it. You type in UFO. It'll just put one in there. It'll have it all filtered properly. It'll have all the proper lighting. It looks legit. So this is like it just eliminated all designers that use Photoshop, which it's not the end of the world. But once they take over eight out of ten jobs of people, like what are we supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Go back to farming and killing animals. Good thing I'm a farmer, man. I'm I'm fine. I'm chilling. Nice. No AI is going to be able to grow a bell pepper. I prefer the, the, the word raising and harvesting. <laughs> Killing is such an aggressive word. 
Yeah. yeah Murdering animal. I mean, I guess. As long as you like, use it. You sound like PETA, man. Nah, dude. I just. <clears throat> okay. Okay. You know what? You know what? I'm not proud of this, but when I was a kid, I used to shoot like birds with a BB gun, like with BB guns. You like know? all boys have done like, that. Yeah. yeah. You know? And like just growing up now, I just tend, I don't like killing anything kind of sucks that unless, I don't unless you're gonna use it yeah unless unless it's a pest or unless i can eat it i don't know i just think that it's more sportsmanlike and it's kind of just it's unnecessary yeah if you don't if you're not going to use it or if it's not damn like causing any damage to your property i don't think <laughs> it's necessary dude i don't kill spiders anymore i like spiders really yeah are you serious they actually are good how about centipedes i'll kill that okay yeah, centipedes are evil, dude. 100%. Have you ever seen how many legs those things have? Nah. And that, like, millipede is fine. Guessing 100? Dude, millipedes are fine. They got, like, they just, like... What? Oh, I didn't say anything. We're, we're, are you confused? Our guest no, no, is no. just between the difference. Yeah. I feel like I'm I'm back at work and I'm just listening to a conversation. <laughs> again. I, I may be tuning in and out and then dropping back in. And what's... I don't know what's going on right now. Oh, it's man. Click, click, we went from uh, predators. Yeah. Right off the bat, too. To, what do you say, millipedes? Yeah. They're kind of predators still. I've been told that we should structure our podcast a little bit, but yeah. then I've also been told keep it as fluid and crazy as it is. So mm-hmm. I don't know what people opinion? even want. Mm-hmm. Are you, or, or do you think it's too crazy or do you like structure? Uh, I'm always a fan of a little bit of structure with a little bit of fluidity. I think... That's not my podcast. So I'm not no, kidding. no, no. I want to. I want to hear your opinion, though. Like, I think someone should always come with some sort of a a predetermined direction. Okay, interesting. And then, like, conversation can always fly and be fluid wherever it goes. But then that one person can always bring it back to the theme. And whether that be like, I listened to the podcast with the with the firefighter guys, and mm-hmm. it stayed mm-hmm. on that topic the whole time, and there is no real big tangents where you get back and you're like, what's going on here? I have no, I have no clue what's going on, right? We can get on some pretty crazy tangents sometimes. I know. We? Yeah. <laughs> Listen to, like I said, I did my homework. Uh, you know what? The one that we had with Ryan, uh, the dog trainer. I don't know if you listened to that one. Mm. Um, I think that that, one's, one. that one stayed on topic fairly well, too. Yeah. That was a good podcast. I learned a lot from that podcast, too. I like that podcast. That was a good one. Well, yeah, I know you, uh, Nico, I know you prepared some stuff, so... Mm-hmm. I'd say let's start diving into that. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think I, just just yeah. hammer down, man. <laughs> I wouldn't say I prepared like a, a script or anything. Like I think you you all got a chance to yeah, look yeah, at yeah, it, right? Yeah. It, was, yeah. it was more just um, bullet points, thoughts mm-hmm. uh, to keep myself guided if we start talking about it. Obviously, I expected to go on all the tangents and answer weird questions, but I'll I'll like preface anything I say. Study it for yourself. Learn it for yourself first. Yeah. Don't just take me at my word because I, I'm a human and I'm gonna make mistakes and errors too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Brand come up to me some time ago at work and says, I want you on the podcast. And now he and I will chat every once in a while at work about whatever, whatever question really is on yeah. your mind at the time or different biblical things. Like yeah. That. Yeah. You know where I want to start this? Okay. Cause I know what, uh, the notes that you had was very biblical and, and it had a lot to do with prophecy, correct? Yeah. 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 Okay. So to start this off. You are a believer then. Yeah, yeah. You are a born again Christian, you would say? Yes, sir. Okay. Let's uh let's let's start from the beginning. How did you come to be a Christian? Okay. All right. Um 
Well, I was born and raised in the Christian faith. And okay. like most people who were born and raised into it, I knew a lot but didn't know any of it besides just head knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. So like I could spout off information or quote scripture, but in my heart it was just empty. And then you go through life, you go through your teenage years, you waver back and forth. Um, I should I should say, to make the statement, around I think seven or eight years old, I did tell my parents, hey, I, I, I want to be saved. I want to give my life to Christ. I want to repent of my sins and I want to live for that. And I did, and I got baptized shortly after at the church I was going to in Toronto. And then going forward, again, teenage years, you go off on your own tangent. But then, um, so I I was talking to you before the podcast, I went to Guatemala on a mission trip. When I found that out, I I really wanted to get my life on track. I'm like, I want to do something with meaning, with good. And the only way to really do that is through God. So I really got my life a bit more on track there, started to make my faith my own, and then went through a rigorous interview process before I could go on that trip for a number of months. So Really? Yeah, yeah. Like three phone calls and then a FaceTime meeting or something like that. There were a lot of applicants and I got in. But So what did they want to know about you? They wanted to know your story, your faith, what you've done. And growing up, I, I served in my church. I went to a church in Chatham for 12 years, too, when we moved to Tilbury. That's where I'm from now. But So I, I, I served there. I sang there. I was one of the youth leaders. for, Or I was attending the youth. I wasn't a youth leader yet. When I came home from the youth or from the, uh, the missions trip, the pastor comes to me. He's like, okay, you're a youth leader now. And I said, no, I don't want to be. And he's like, how dare you go serve across, like, into another country and not in your own. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> Okay, I'll be a youth leader now. (laughs) Well, he got you there, eh? Yeah, he did. And now at Banwell, I'm the youth leader of that church. So full circle. So you said that when you, you know, when you got into your teenage years, you went on your own, like your own tangent. Yeah, yeah. So what was that? What was that wall that you hit that brought you back? That wall was, I would say, just desperation. Like you've tried enough and you know there's nothing else out there. You've been let down enough. You've been betrayed enough. You've tried and failed on your own way too many times. And where else do you go besides something that you've been taught since you were a kid? And I believe along all those years, I had the Holy Spirit in me and with me, but I was just neglecting its presence and not giving it the attention that it was trying to get out of me. So there came a point where, and I couldn't tell you the day, I think it was a slow process and a lot of people poking and poking at me to get back into it, right? Usually that's what it is. Yeah, it's not a, I wake up one morning and, you know what, I love God again. I'm doing yeah. it. No, it's it's months or sometimes years of trying to get back into it. So you would put yourself in kind of the prodigal son type? Yeah, I guess. I would even say, like, calling myself out more like the double life son, the one that still goes to church and to all the church people looks good, and then the rest of the six days of the mm. week, I'm the mm. worst of the worst, right? Clock, clock in and clock out. Yeah, exactly. Okay. But then since I came back into it myself like there's there's nothing else in life even if all of it's wrong and somehow at the end of the world it wasn't true there's nothing else i'd rather live for so this mission trip that you went on in guatemala what exactly did you do out there oh you name it we were there for a substantial amount of time um and like i said to you at the beginning Mm -hmm. we stayed up in the mountains in a place called chichicastenango okay and it was in a village where they were still practicing witchcraft and demon possessions and things like that you were ministering to those people yeah there were some places we just were told don't go and the very first full day that i was there we were getting a tour of the city and this is a story i told my kids at youth a while ago actually too because i I believe it's really important to teach spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. So I told them this story. Amen the to that, day. dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I 100% believe in that. It's huge and people just don't know, right? It's yeah. It's terrifying. But so 
we get a whole tour of the city and it's not a very large city. It's, it's more Mayan indigenous city or Mayan roots. Right. right. So we get to this, this top of the hill kind of overlooking the city. And on the other side of the hill, the grass gets yellower, it starts dying. And it's where the cemetery starts to turn into their sacrificial grounds. And we start going down that hill to get the final end of the tour. And the, the pastor, Pastor Juan leading us, he's like, I don't go any further than this. I don't go any further just because I know what they're doing down there. And yeah, I have God's Holy Spirit power, but I'm not going to go and entertain that. I'm not just going to go put myself in the line of fire. I have a little bit more wisdom than that. I was 18. I didn't. So I walked right on down there and I felt sick to my stomach. I dropped to my knees and I started to throw up a little bit in my mouth. My friend had to come and pull me away because I couldn't, I couldn't go any closer. And I'd show you a picture, but it'd take a minute to find it. They had statues. They had like, um, idols. They had, yeah, they had the idols. They were burning incenses. They were cutting the throats of animals right there in front of us too. Like it was otherworldly. And that's, okay. yeah, that is that not, was, that was day one. It's not the side of Guatemala that I, I would have seen. <laughs> no, we weren't the tourists there. No, but we did things. We, we worked in schools. We built houses. We built a church. We went to there. There was a place called La Linea. They went to, which is just the line where it was just railroad tracks of prostitutes. And we just went there and we, we had a lot of girls on the missions team and they would minister to them and we'd just stand outside and wait. And after about an hour or so, like the, the people or the pastor came to us and he's like, we have to leave because now that people kind of see that we've been here for a while doing not what we're here for, what other people are here for, they will remove us. So different culture again, but honestly, you name it, we did it. Okay. Did you, did you see any, uh, um, what, like, was there any people that you witnessed come to Christ while you were there that one. you ministered to? One. Oh, yeah. okay. That's like cool. even one. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, it was, it was at the, near the very end of the trip within the last two weeks and his name was Oscar. And we used to go downtown to minister to a guy, a bunch of guys who would, uh, they'd break dance for money out in the city. Okay. In one of the, in the yellow zones. So green, red, yellow, like don't go to the red zones, but the yellow zones might be Okay. We'd go there every so often and this Oscar guy would always just come and watch us and talk to us and he spoke English, but we'd still converse with him and ask him questions about his life and he'd ask us questions back and he was raised in the faith, left it, went off, did his own life. He was in his 30s or early 40s and we, we talked to him for maybe a month and in the second last week before we left Guatemala, he's like, okay, before you guys go, I need to do this. I need to, I need to know God. Okay, let's do this then. It was, it was the coolest thing ever. It was the only person the whole trip, but it was amazing. Oh, that is amazing, man. It takes some faith and some like constant attention because like, if you look at Jeremiah, he spent 70 years of his life and not a single person that he talked to converted. Yeah. Nobody in 70 years. Yeah. The weeping prophet. Yeah. 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 So there's these zones, these yellow zones, mm-hmm. and yellow, green, and red. Yeah. So you guys did not go into the red zones? No. What were the red, like, what did, what did the red zones entail? Was it like... Well, I'll, I'll tell you this by telling you what a yellow zone was like at one time. We worked at a daycare for a little bit at around, I think we went there at 2, 2 p.m. every day. Okay. Or every, every two days, something like that during the week. And this was any other normal Tuesday, 2 p.m., maybe 2.30, and we hear a bunch of gunshots go off and all the kids go into the building as if they do this every other weekend and they tell us get in the car and we we have to go now why because people were just shot like two blocks down in the red zone so so guatemala city is also a big red zone yeah well it's it's broken up into i think 14 zones or districts yeah yeah but i know the big city i i 
I spend time in the red zones. They're not fun. No. You have to be like you're in these locked, like gated buildings. Like yeah. you're you're safe. Yeah. But but when you're on the streets, it's sketchy. No. So and you don't go out after dark on your own. No, no, no. That, all those things. Right? That was like no matter what where you were, you're yeah. not allowed to go past dark. Like you don't even show your tattoos if you have any. Your windows are always down. So I don't know if I've ever spoken about this on the podcast. In Guatemala, like the Catholic Church is huge. Like yeah. that's the main religion. Like that's what everyone believes. And the church buildings are very holy and sacred mm-hmm. in their in the culture, which, and they're like beautiful, majestic buildings. Mm-hmm. A guy from our group happens to be the only ginger guy, so very distinct look to our group of forty people. He decides one night I'm going to scale the church, so he scales the church. Uh, they. They uh, they catch him, but he says as he's running, he's getting shot at and everything. Like I don't know how much that is true. He's a, he's not a liar, so I don't believe that he lied. Mm-hmm. But like they were shooting at him, and that that was in the city. It was though? in in a t- in a local town like that we were living in. What do you remember the name of it? Uh, San Juan del Obispo. That's where I lived, man. Mm-hmm. It's my hometown. So, yeah. <laughs> but all I'm saying is he ended up getting caught. Uh, he ended up uh, having to do a public apology to the entire, like, mayoral, like, the mayor and stuff yeah. of the city. Like, it was a big deal. It's, and he's it's the only community ginger. run, right? Yeah. So it's community run. And it looked so bad on our group because we were all living with different families. So mm. my family that I was living with, like, they were telling me, like, I keep saying, like, a lot. Sorry about that. That's fine. Um, they were telling me, like, oh, <laughs> they were telling me. That they were like, oh man, now I'm just finish the sentence. Keep going. Just, just finish the sentence. Like, okay, but they were just not happy. <laughs> with, they were like, this guy's an idiot for what he did. Like, don't do that. They were just yeah. warning me. And then uh, I, he was one of my closest friends on the trip, so I spent a lot of time with him. Mm-hmm. And then we were in the Antigua. Yeah. And this like seven foot drunk dude walks up to us and he's just like slur, like just giving us the slurs, like swearing at us. And he's like, you ginger, like rojo, like pointed at him he knew exactly he's climbed the church and he was about to fight us like yeah he had a knife really? out. it was scary so and that was a green zone so yeah antigua like it's still not it's not canada it is don't climb I, churches yeah no just don't be stupid yeah. so can you give us a, a little bit more detail on what exactly these because that's crazy that you said where where they were doing these sacrifices it started mm-hmm. to get like yeah. where the plants start act were actually like yeah. dead yeah that is crazy. Could you give us a little bit more detail on what exactly they were doing yeah. or, or like what their beliefs were? Yeah. Like it, so you, you touched on it a little already okay. just now saying uh, like Catholicism is huge there, right? Mm-hmm. And Catholicism even plays a little bit into why I'm here tonight to talk about end times, all those prophecy things, Catholicism mm-hmm. and how I think it relates back to the Holy Roman Empire, which was never really conquered. Otherwise, Catholicism would have been conquered with it. But anyway, so Catholicism and usually like one of those Mayan beliefs or those Mayan gods, all those, that's what amalgamated. So the place where I was in, it was a mix between Mayan Catholic. They had to have a Catholic church, but they didn't have to purge their Mayan beliefs. So they just mixed them together. Okay. So, so it was like uh, appeasement or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And in, in my mind, the way I interpret that is you're now merging two sets of demons together mm-hmm. and you're going to entertain both of them. And that's what they do. So the culture, you can't break it. It's when I went back, I went first to a YWAM. If any of you guys know YWAM, 
I went to a YWAM base in the city because I knew them. Mm-hmm. And I told them, I'm going back to Chichi Castanango. I'm going to do some ministry there. They said, good luck. The devil's got a hold on it. I'm like, oh, this is great. Times have changed. It's been five years since I've been back. It's Oh, so you ended different. up returning. Yeah. So I went, I went back just uh, December. In the beginning of December, I was there again. And it was... Was this like world. a solo? This is through uh, YWAM. Nope, this was through this me. Is, you just decided this is what I'm doing. I knew YWAM. I knew Pastor Juan. So I messaged them and I said, hey, I'm coming back. And I did. And I stayed with Juan for a while. And he was in the same location. So I got to go back to, to Chichi and it was a different place. So he, he, uh, he's like staying there. Yeah. He, he's a, he's he's a in local. The, he's in the heart of the... Yeah. And so I, I'd like my church eventually... To, to partner with him and to go on missions trips there. And I'm working on that slowly, slowly though, because it takes time mm-hmm. for those things. But he's he's had no support. The only people who have ever like helped him are people like me who met him once through other missions trips and then just go visit him again or send him a donation or something. And it's amazing when you're there, God just provides for him somehow. It's incredible. But mm. so to answer your question, um, I'm because I'm assuming all of you guys have a good knowledge of like spiritual warfare in those heavenly realms. If you're not talking to God, you're, you're talking directly to Satan himself or the, the demons. You if might not, not even think it. Exactly. If you're talking to something else, but it's not God, that something else is the forces of evil and it's listening to you and it's going to respond mm-hmm. and it's going to keep you talking to it. So like even uh, superstitions, just those things, like the simple, the simple things. Have any of you guys read the, the screw tape letters? I have not heard of that. Nope. Oh my goodness. Fantastic. It's on Spotify for free. I just powered through it a few weeks back, but the whole premise of it is this, um, this uncle screw tape, who is a demon writing to his nephew Wormwood about how to be the best demon he can be. So it's a whole, so it's like a fictional, it's fictional, but it's, but it's, yeah, exactly that. So some people will read it as fictional and be like, wow, the demons do that. That's cool. Close it and forget about it. No, no. Mm-mm, that's not it. They have a hold in your life in a way you don't even understand. Even if you're a Christian, they'll still tempt you. They'll mm-hmm. still. So trip it's you called up. the screw tape letters. Yeah, I can I can send it to you guys, but it's it's so good because he'll, they have like their their personal human in it from a different perspective. It shows you the the walk of that human dabbling in Christianity and then getting into it. And in the book or in the podcast or the the audio book, if you listen to it, every time when they talk about God or the angels or the forces of good, they'll always say the enemy, the enemy. Because they are the bad guys. So, But it's it's the simple things where he's like, anytime he wants to pray, just remind him he's hungry. Anytime he wants to read his Bible, just tell him he needs to check his phone first to see what time it is so he can count how long he's doing it. Just things like that. And it's, it's the simple things that they can do daily. But over there in Guatemala, they don't have to reject God because it is the God that they're serving, the God... Those demons, those are their gods. They don't have to get tripped up. They just have to keep doing those cultural practices, those religions, and they'll they'll pray right to them. They'll sacrifice animals. Uh, the pastor that I was with said 150 years ago they'd sacrifice children. Still there, it's yep. Yeah, I know the mine. The mine. Uh, I was in Revere Maya, and then I was talking to somebody who had some an ancestral back, like mine ancestral background. Mm-hmm. And they were doing this play for us. It was like they played this game. They dressed up as like kind of in like um, their ancestral ceremonial mm-hmm. clothing. And then they would do this play. They had this play where they would play this one game. And then the loser of the game, like it, like back in the day, the loser of this game would actually be sacrificed. Mm-hmm. They would kill this, this person. 
Man, they, they did some crazy stuff, man. I, I think it's the Aztecs, not the Mayans, but I know Both. that the Aztecs would, would take them to the top of the temple and then cut their heart out. Like, yeah. they would go on, they would go to other villages specifically just to bring back sacrifices to mm-hmm. their gods. But those were those were all instructed to them at some point, like, by their parents, by their parents and their grandparents and that. But those were instructed to them by the demons, by the devil himself, by the ones that they first turned to when they didn't turn to God. Yeah. Like, they didn't just make this stuff up and be like, this is what's going to be great. This is the coolest trick we can do to appease our random God. No, they spoke back to them. I know that. They got into their head somehow. Um, I think a, a big way that they did this, I know we've talked about it on here before, I think a big way, the way that they, that demons can communicate with people is through substances that we have here on earth mm-hmm. like that can break that wall mm-hmm. that that uh like thing like psychedelics like mushrooms or mm-hmm. or any kind of uh ayahuasca because uh ancient cultures have been doing stuff like like mushrooms for thousands of thousands of mm-hmm. years in ceremonial rituals to have visions and to communicate with i guess their gods mm-hmm. and and spirits creepy stuff but it's a reality yeah and I, I think that they're doing it still to this day 100 percent. yeah yeah now actually i out of joel too there's some there's something strange that i saw out of there too um the you, other day pastoral i pastoral okay yeah, you did. yeah it's a tiny little book three chapters Okay, where would you say that it was? Wow, Frank, you don't know where it is? It's a tiny little book. Oh, oh man. Not yet. <laughs> well, in the there meantime... Oh, okay, you found it. <laughs> Shut, Shut, up. Quick Shut up, Joey. <laughs> you can go ahead in the meantime. i got to find out where this verse is. Okay, yeah, whenever you're... Do you think, like... we? So, I don't want to go into specifics... But I have, like, there's, like, these thoughts that I get sometimes that are just, like, screwed up on another level that Mm -hmm. I can't, like, I just don't feel comfortable speaking about. It makes Mm -hmm. me uncomfortable, and I think it would make everyone else uncomfortable, and it's just, I I just hate it. Mm -hmm. I just hate it, and, like, I feel like they're not even my thoughts. Mm -hmm. And you think that, like, demons or uh, Satan could even just plant thoughts like that in your house? Your head, because I'm I believe it a hundred percent. I'm just wondering what your opinion is on that. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. He can't read your mind, but he can definitely put thoughts in your mind. Yeah, and he he's watched you grow up your whole life. He knows you. He doesn't need to read your mind. He knows what you're thinking already. That is true. Just shows the, you how evil he really is, eh? Yeah. yeah. Well, he's, he's, he's his sole goal is for you to fail and die and and yeah. suffer. That's that's he he literally watches you as a from a kid on. Yeah. Just to burn you. Yeah. That's what he's wanting. See, I picked up your uh your tone when you called me earlier. And that was over the phone and we've known each other for I don't know, maybe 10 years, 15 years. Okay. I was not upset. No. You claim I'm upset, <laughs> but I wasn't. You were just a little bit agitated. I was just curious on your estimated <laughs> time of arrival. But okay. Um but yeah, he's like he's been around for thousands of years. He can read expressions very easily. Mm-hmm. No, like he just knows humans too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're stupid. Yeah, we're so much less unique than we think we are. Yeah, <laughs> Bible calls us sheep. You ever seen a sheep? 
Yeah, they're stupid. Stupid. <laughs> Two O's. Okay, so uh, anyways, out of Joel 2. Um, okay. And it shall come to pass that afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. And also the servants and and the, upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. Okay, so I didn't know if I wanted to say it, but I guess I will. Say it. <laughs> but my son was having these weird dreams, um, and he called them storms. Like he would, he would cover his ears as if it was loud noises happening. Hmm. But they were in his head. And I like I th- at first I thought maybe... He was annoyed of his little sister. Sometimes she cries at night, pretty much every night. But he said no to that. And I asked if it was in his head. He said, yeah. And he said that he would rather see cars in the storms. So, uh, like, it made me really curious. To, he would rather see cars? Yeah. Than hmm? the storms? Like, he's had dreams of cars before. Oh. Oh, okay. So he yeah. doesn't like his dreams? No. Mm-hmm. And he's talked about the storm multiple times now. And it just makes me think if there's all of a sudden something coming up. Mm-hmm. And like the big reason for today was talking about Revelation end time. And this yeah. is a prophecy for that end time. Yeah. That's quoted again in Acts, I think. I'm pretty sure. That same thing. Have I have I told a story about my my dream on here? The <clears throat> I had an end of the world dream that happened. It, it was a weird, it, it was super weird. I had it one night and then I... The bunker dream, right? Yeah, the bunker dream. And I remember finished. that. No, and I think you should talk about it. Well, I had I had a really weird dream. I was in this giant facility with my dad. This like It was like this huge concrete structure. And there was these, I don't know if I mentioned it on, but I think that there was like sirens and everything was shaking and things started to fall apart and there was a lot of people around and me and my dad had to get to this one uh this one hatch we had to get to like some hatch or some exit before this building would collapse cuz everybody was about to die like there was things falling we had to run we had to make it there quickly or else we would die and in the dream we got to this hatch and before i could see what was on the other side i woke up and then I don't know if it was the next night or a couple nights later, I had the same dream, but this time I actually got to see what was on the other side. We I opened up the hatch and just everything was like it looked like everything was on like fire and there was this huge dragon flying around and it was burning everything and it just it looked like hell. Like it was like mm. it was it looked like end of the world type stuff and then I woke up again so I had a dream that ended that finished a couple days later that's pretty crazy I don't think I've ever experienced that mm. it was strange so then let me ask you and you with your story of your son as your son you said, yeah. right what did you do after that for both of you I taught him to pray about it yeah yeah so when I was younger, I used to really be interested in dreams and trying to interpret dreams and do it on like on my own power even. And sometimes they would help someone else when they had a weird dream. But I learned that interpreting dreams, it's not really your job. 
Yeah. Um, in scripture, usually someone else would interpret the dream. So if there's a dream that's plaguing you or being plagued by your, on your son, either if you can't interpret it, then pray it away. And scripture is very clear. Like any good and perfect gift is of God. If there's a dream that's plaguing you, making you suffer, tormenting you, that's not God. So to stop trying to communicate with it. So with your son, awesome. Teach him to pray and then you yourself to pray over him. And mm-hmm. if there's an oppressive spirit and use those words, if there's an oppressive spirit in the name of Jesus Christ, we cast you out. Yeah. Cast you out. And Jesus does give us the authority to do that. Absolutely. He does. Yeah. Out of the gospels, you find that. In there. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't do much about it. I, uh, I just thought of it as a dream and, yeah. um, I have some, I always think that there is meanings behind my dream. My dreams, because I have, I've had some very, mm. very weird dreams. Never like nightmares, really. I think there's like two nightmares that I can recall, like that I can, like actually, I don't know, if three, maybe three nightmares. Mm-hmm. But other than that, like, like they're they're crazy, but they're not really scary. They're just mm-hmm. insane. Like, mm-hmm. they're the weirdest things ever. Yeah. I had another one, which is kind of strange, and I'll probably, well, I definitely will omit some details because it'll offend somebody that I know, but um, I was in, I was on a vacation, and I had just taken a shower and gone out to concierge, and somebody was ripping me for uh, my, like, my dreams and aspirations for the photography stuff that I was doing, and this concierge lady actually backed me up and hands me this pocket watch that I've never seen in my life. Like usually a pocket watch has a single uh, clasp. It opens on one hinge. This one opened on two hinges and the, the lid dropped below it. But the numbers were all funky, which I heard ha- actually happens in dreams. But right under the center of the dial, it said, Oh thou Micah. And then the numbers were mixed up, like I said. In the six o'clock position was a 20. And in the five o'clock position was a seven. Those are the only numbers that I remember. So I was like, Micah 20 verse seven. What the heck? So I looked at it. It doesn't exist. But then the clock rotates the other way. So 720, that's the last, that's the last verse of Micah. You checked it in your dream? You checked the verse? No, I checked it in real life. <laughs> oh, and then you just reversed it. Yeah. Man, like after the dream. Yeah. Okay. And then what did the verse say? It talks about... Uh, speaking the truth to Abraham. Here, I'll pull the verse up just so I don't have to paraphrase. My dreams are just like me doing the dumbest things, <clears throat> like me cleaning a room. That's my dream. Yeah, mine are also chaos. They're so lame. My little brother Michael's birthday is July twentieth, seven twenty. Michael, Micah. Hmm. Um, but that verse says, "Thou wilt perform the truth to Jacob and the mercy to Abraham, which thou hast sworn unto our fathers of the day, from the days of old." So Abraham is basically the father of many nations. So mercy to Abraham is mercy to everybody. And the truth to Jacob, Jacob is a representation. Jacob became Israel. And Jacob is a representation of somebody that hasn't changed their life. So you're telling them the truth to show them, okay, that's this is what life is. I have no mm-hmm. idea what that means for me or for like whatever it is. I haven't really gone out and talked about it. There's definitely some strange stuff out there. And then a different day, I had a dream about spiders with the skulls of heads crawling above my bed. So there's like a mix of random <laughs> junk. Mine is always somebody dying or the end of the world, usually. See, the, the crazy thing about your bunker dream is that it's a red dragon. 
Because I asked you last time what color the dragon was, and it was red. Yeah. And it talks about a red dragon in Revelation, in the end time prophecy. I what are your thoughts on deja vu? Because <laughs> I feel like that that there's some serious, there's some ties there. With uh, like it's almost eerie how realistic it feels sometimes. You'll be doing something and then you'll feel, I know exactly what's going to happen. And it literally plays out as the second you think it. You know that feeling? It's because it's a simulation, man. <laughs> it's all a simulation. I would tie that into like uh, Christianity. Where do you think that fits in? Or do you think it's just like Trickery. a mere like coincidence? What, what would you think? Like just picking your brain. I have absolutely no idea. Okay. I think I, I think I could give a guess. What's what's it? Okay, so like a lot of people, their lives are based around routines, and I think that there's just certain instances where something feels familiar, and so like you're just like, oh, whoa, I've been like, did this already happen? You know, just like your brain just kind of is like, it's oh, looping. Is, yeah, it's kind of like. Uh, I don't think I agree. No, I have like deja vu of what someone's gonna say. Okay, I, I don't know. I've never had that. Never had that? No. Has anyone ever had deja vu? Okay. He, I've had it too. He, yeah. But also... Nico. <laughs> Nico has had deja vu. Yeah. I'm the type of person, like, sometimes I'm a broken record and I talk about the same things very many times. And so, like, that could be, like, I could just be bringing up a conversation, the same one we had in the exact same place. And to you, it would just be like, Whoa, this is weird because I feel like we've been having this conversation before, but that's because we. I've never had deja vu with you. No, no, it's oh. other people. That's who are strange. Not broken records. <laughs> I'm. A, I can be a broken record sometimes. I just don't think that's the reason. I th- I think there's more to deja vu than we think. It's kind of sketchy. Um, something that I found interesting in your notes, mm-hmm. if we want to go back to there, was uh, so prophecy that happened in certain books of the Bible that are in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. And then um, uh, something about Daniel, man. Daniel's, Daniel's Daniel. the book. Daniel has some stuff for for what's coming up. Yeah, yeah, it's the one you go to to start. Oh, it's just crazy because like you guys have, I don't know if you guys seen it on Instagram. There's this one guy that talks about all the different cross references in the Bible and how they like how many there are. Yeah. I forget the exact number, but there is a lot, like a lot mm-hmm. of things that are re- that reference the cross from the Old Testament to the New Testament. How many different authors? Is it 40 different authors? Yeah, over 40. And like most of them or... lived in completely different eras. Like they didn't yeah. even live in the same time frame. Like thousands of years apart. Yeah. How is it compiled to one book? Yeah. I don't know. That the... bounces itself back constantly. Like that's in, that's insane. Is it thousand? I think it's over a thousand years apart. Do you think I'm stretching that? I think it's 400. 400? What? The entire but, Bible? But, but Adam and Eve technically. Yeah, but the yeah, Adam so, and... but that's, that's God recording. I don't know. I don't know, but I'm pretty sure it's, it's around 400. Like the, the dates of the writings at least. Yeah. Do we even know the author of Genesis? Moses. Yishtim Mose. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I would like to I would like to know the diff like from like the first author, like the the difference between when the first book was written to when the last book was written. I'm pretty sure it's 400 years. Don't quote me on that. But even then, even still, yeah, 100 yeah. years apart, 
you know, yeah. with that many different offers, authors lining up something that was supposed to happen so accurately. Impossible. That is literally impossible. Yeah. It, like mathematically, that is completely impossible. Mm-hmm. Like, and we, yet, and yet, I love that you said the word mathematically. Mathematically, the Bible stands true. Mm-hmm. Like the prophecies that I said in, in the notes that you guys have looked over a little bit. Yeah. Mathematically, the dates it says are true, which but, is but, also amazing. Like once I'm not good with numbers, but once you start, I've heard people dive into numbers. I can't quote any of it, but if you actually look into the Bible with a math with a like like a like a math mindset, and you start doing like numbers with like mm-hmm. matching up different numbers, it's it's crazy. Mm-hmm. See, I feel like it goes also hand in hand with science because a lot of times people are like, "Oh, I'm not a Christian. I believe in science." Like, buddy. There's so much scientific like evidence in the Bible that you're just like completely throwing out the window. Yeah. You know, it pisses me off a little bit. Yeah. That's all I gotta say. It's almost like God created math and science. Oh, maybe. How maybe. did this body even like how do we put a piece of food in our mouth and it comes out like I brown lump? I miss sometimes. I miss the hole sometimes too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought you were talking about missing the toilet. No. <laughs> I feel like that was, no, that was just like, that was a horrible example of like God's creation. As far as uh, <laughs> metaphor making goes, you guys aren't really top tier. No, we're not. No. I, I, I was thinking Scientific. More. Yeah, you ever just put food in your mouth? That's <laughs> yeah. insane, man. Ever eat? Yeah, poop. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. You Bro, like, has how the- did somebody not create that? Bro, God is amazing. <laughs> it changed color. <laughs> it goes in like this, comes out like that. Man. But it, it really though, it gets split up into so many different areas. Like it, uh, it um, provides you energy so that your blood can continue to pump, and your blood continues to pump, and then your breathing also changes the color of your blood, which is at, dude. It's the human body is such an like an, a complex and intricate thing. To just to just think it's gonna be an evolution thing and it's all through the big bang. Like people are putting so much more it's faith. Stupid. <laughs> it's with, stupid. I respect with two that. O's, like you said earlier. People are putting so much more effort and faith into something like that than they are in like it takes literally a fraction of the faith to believe in something like God. Here's something interesting. Um uh, termites can't actually <sighs> digest what they eat. I got a point. They can't digest what they eat on their own. They have tiny little uh, micro, uh, like they have like creatures that live inside, like bacteria or, or so do we. We have a lot of like bacteria in our bodies. That's that why are we good. drink yogurt. We got good bacteria and bad bacteria. But anyway, um, there is some kind of bacteria or tiny creatures. I'm going to just say tiny creatures. Microorganisms. Yeah, micro. that's the word I'm looking for. There's microorganisms that live in termites that digest the wood, but the termites themselves can't actually digest the wood. The termites can't live without this 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 microbacteria, and the microbacteria can't live without the termites. So which one was created first? The chicken. Yep. Hmm. You're correct. I knew it. And same thing with uh, woodpeckers. Their, Their tongue reaches all the way around their their skull and like back to the front like it like it like loops around in like some kind of weird way but 
It's almost like a frog. It, and it is a bird, and you would assume that, like, if in evolution there would be one bird, and this bird would become this bird, and this bird would, like, evolve into this bird, you know, and it would branch off. But where's the link between other birds that have that? A woodpecker weird... and a chicken and an eagle. Or what? Okay, so if evolution is real, isn't uh, the. I like. I explained the woodpecker one badly. But there's this one plant that I seen. I was at work. And my uh, uh, my supervisor was like, you know that plant can't bloom unless there's ants around? I was like, what? He's like, yeah, the plants actually come up on the plant. There, they The ants will come up on the plant and they'll eat away like uh, like a film on the, on the plant that actually allows it to bloom. And I was like, huh, that's pretty fascinating. Mm-hmm. And you would think... If evolution is real, this plant would have had to develop slowly over time. But how did this plant ever develop if ants weren't around? Hmm. Yeah, survival of the fittest is stupid. doesn't make any sense. Again, sheep. How did they make it? Koala bears. Sloth. No. Yeah. Koalas eat poison. Koala's stupid. Eucalyptus is literally poisonous for koalas. Koalas stupid. Koalas stupid. Koalas do be stupid. I don't know. I think my example would be like if you look, if you stand up on top of a mountain. I've been to Banff. If you've ever been to Banff or Jasper, or I like Jasper better. But if you ever go to Jasper and you just climb up on one of the mountains and you just look over, it is mind boggling. 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 It's it's mind boggling. It is so beautiful. It is so gorgeous. And you're just like, hmm. Two tiny things hit each other, exploded, and then there's this. There's like animals running around and and like there's a there's a perfect balance to nature and like our bodies, you know, the way that they're the way that they function. And how how has this three pound lump of meat in our heads created so many different things that are on this earth? Cars, computers, freaking, I don't know, you name it. Like, there's so much out there that, that our brains have like come up with. How do you make Wi-Fi out of nature? Like, people would have, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, people would just start what? off in nature. And then, like, we've gotten to Wi-Fi. Yeah. Make it's Bluetooth. insane. Bluetooth. Make Bluetooth with a stick. <laughs> Dude, if you have one planet too far away, it's too cold. If, you have, if we're one, like, no, if, we, we're, if, we're, if we're, like, a couple like a meter away from the sun or closer to the sun like we'd evaporate something like that i don't know a meter seems drastic yeah I would if we were like meter. slightly closer to the sun we'd explode and if we were slightly closer to the uh not the sun then we would freeze not ex- so we're like in the <clears throat> perfect, perfect spot not explode but we would be too hot for us to exist nah explode <laughs> we would cook Sounds better. the only other alternative just immediate, just yeah, a giant just barbecue. You ever, you ever watch a movie where someone is like about to sacrifice themselves when they clearly don't have to? It's like, no, I need to. No, you don't. <laughs> Superman, <laughs> Superman movie. Yeah, it's the same thing. He's like, like you standing move it in the tornado, closer, and he's, it'll explode. Yeah, just no. Don't save me, Superman! And then this thing in tornado kills his dad. Like heartbreaking. I would have go. I would have went and flown and grabbed my dad. Yeah, yeah, I'm Superman. I'm gonna go grab my dad. I can do it super fast too. No one's gonna see. He's like, no, it's not time yet. He's bad. It's like a week later, and then he. <laughs> Wait a second. Doesn't the sun move slightly closer to us all the time, though? No. Are you sure? There's massive holes in the sun. Damn. Yeah. 
That's not what he asked. <laughs> <laughs> it was at least to do with the sun. <laughs> I know space is constantly expanding. We're not moving closer to the sun, dude. We'd, we'd long been nuked. But how do we know that space is constantly expanding? I'm pretty sure I read it the other day. Do you believe we live in a dome? I am very confused as to that. Same. Yeah. I, I'm, I don't know. I really don't know. I firmly believe we live on a globe. Yeah. Why, why do double mirrors, uh, double rainbows exist? It's mirrored. I don't know, but like I can, <laughs> I can spout two, spout two different arguments for both different sides. That's why I don't know. I don't know, man. People are gonna be like, "Oh, Daniel's a flat earther." Yeah. I went really deep down the flat earth thing, and I, I've come out the other side <laughs> believing that it's a globe. Nice. Yeah, I, I have a buddy who did some camera trickery, and Ruben actually, he did some camera trickery, and it proved to be round, based on. Yeah. I'm okay. not gonna base my entire life decision off of dude there was someone studies i'm not gonna base my life over whether it's flat or round Mm. no for real but like it's funny how people who are like really invested into scripture like the scripture is so much more pointing scriptures never once said it's a globe or never referred to it in that shape at all it does call it a firmament 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 and it describes it more of a dome-like thing i don't know the verses i just heard that Mm mm-hmm I'm surprised that more and more people don't believe that it's more of a dome. You know? It's I don't very, know. I don't it's know. It's not very talked about. It's the no, same it's thing. Not. Like it goes back to the whole this <laughs> this purpose, yet not really the purpose of why I'm here. This whole end times thing and the mm-hmm. spiritual order. It's just not talked about. No. People just don't know it. No, it's just, hey, love Jesus, love people. Yeah. Yeah. That's as far as they want to go. Nine out of ten people. Mm-hmm. There's actually a theory because I used to be um uh, pre-trib or no like okay so a thousand year reign of christ mm-hmm. i think me and you, you were a post-millennialist about, yeah like you thought we're in the kingdom now no that's what i think now oh that's what my current thought is. you think we're in the thousand year yes. reign the thousand year reign is only for jew like for the jewish people the 144 okay 000. then where where does our faith come in huh where does our faith come in if that's only for the jewish people then like where does our salvation come if it's only for See, that i just i don't want to that's just what the scripture says, and you can't really just make your own thing up, right? Like, I'd need a lot of evidence and scriptural scripture to back up my decision on that, but I don't think we're in a thousand-year reign. The amount of disease and... Di- no one's going to die in the thousand-year reign. That's, like, the big thing. No one dies. I haven't <laughs> I haven't looked that far in yet. Yeah, like, it's, uh, it's, like a, it's pretty much heaven on earth for a thousand years. That's, like, the whole... Am I completely wrong? The thousand year reign where Jesus is on earth. That's what the thousand year reign is. Okay. But the thing, the thing that throws me off, the thing that throws me off is that after the thousand year reign of Christ, the devil's let loose again. Okay. That's why I believe that we're in it right now in that great tribulation. But the devil's on earth. We've just talked about spiritual okay, warfare and how we're like really, like but we he, have to like actually fight these forces. And we get yeah, protected. But, we like the earth is protected from the spiritual forces in the I'm thousand not, year I'm not mad, by the way. I'm just. Yeah, yeah, I know. We're just going to get heated. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not heated. Joey's pissed, dude. <laughs> sweating bullets. Um, but you're taking your shirt off. The, the, here's the thing, though. If you're, if you're locked away in a prison, okay, you're stuck here. But that does not mean that you can throw a rock. You can't throw a rock out of the, out of the uh, cell. Right, I'm trying he, to, the devil can't manifest himself. He's he's locked away in his spiritual form. He can't okay. put himself so that we can see him. Okay, you know I kind of I understand that, 
I understand that. Because, okay, now if the thousand-year reign of Christ happens, everything is good, hunky-dory, we're with Jesus, having a great time. The devil comes and deceives many again. Why do we have a second trial? Why do we have to go through a second trial? I personally believe that in Noah's day, there was the, the... I think at one point in time on earth, the spiritual and the physical... The separation was not there, and I think it was closer together. And I think that you know we, because um, I personally believe in Nephilim. I believe that there was a, you know, some hybridization between humans and uh, fallen angels. Well, it talks about it. Yeah, and I think that <clears throat> that went away at some point in time, and God had the flood and He cleansed the earth. You know, and I think that. Once the end times is near, it's going to be like Noah's day again. Because it says in the end times, it will be as if it was the days of Noah. And I think that there's going to be a, a, like almost, I guess, a break in the veil where they're, the spiritual will, I guess, in, in a lack of better words, flood back into our physical world. That's just like just like a wild theory of mine. I think it could happen through AI. I think it could. Ha- I think it's going to happen through literal hybridization, of like because we can create clones at this point. We can create clones. We've already created human animal hybrids. We could create things that look not whatsoever like humans. I've never that heard of that. Would be em- you look it up, dude. It is very creepy. There was uh, studies that were shut down where they actually created half human, half animals, and why would it not be possible? Demons are powerful creatures compared to us. I mean, compared to God's power, they are nothing. But demons and the devil, they, like, if, if you believe in Nephilim and that you believe that they could come down and they could create half angel, half human hybrids, why would it be so hard to believe that us humans under demonic influence could create a perverse being, biological creature such as a half person, half horse, for example? This is- this is why I believe in skinwalkers or wendigos. I believe that those are people who have been possessed by demons and the demons are now walking the earth. Whether I'm wrong, it doesn't really matter. It's not court doctrine. It's something that can be debated and discussed. Mm-hmm. But I would like to know your thoughts on the thousand-year thing. Like, I want to kind of go... Mm. I want to know. Okay. I want to feel... Um, I want to I hear it. Oh, <laughs> I feel like I only heard from me and Frank. I want to hear from you guys. Well, go ahead. Mine? Yeah. Okay. Well, thousand-year reign, I think, the thousand-year reign of Christ, it says that the devil will be chained up. Mm-hmm. Am I am I wrong? I believe he is chained up. He is set aside. I think that there's going to be peace. I think that there's going to be, there's going to be a, um, yeah, I think it's going to be, it's going to be like safe in a sense. Like, I think that it's going to be, easier to follow God than ever before. You know what I mean? You don't have the influence of these devils and these creatures. God's hand is protecting mankind. And at some point in time, they're just going to be released again on the earth. I don't think we're in the thousand year reign, personally. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think that... I, I could see it as a possibility where we would be in the thousand year reign, and it's like... Like that is the separation between the spiritual and the physical, and that will be released on us at one point in time. But who's to really know? 
Yeah, obviously we can't know until time comes, so it's just all speculation, really, and everybody's going to have different thoughts about it. I mean, you can kind of gauge an idea of what certain things mean. Like the seven-headed dragon, that is, it, it's, it talks about, uh, those are nations, are they not? Seven nations? It has ten horns on three heads or something. Yeah. I, I've heard about it, but I don't exactly know what they are. I've read through Revelation like three times, and I, I would have to read it again to brush up on this. It's more confusing every time. Yeah. What do you think about it? When did the rapture happen? It hasn't happened. Then how can we be at something that hasn't had the rapture happen? Okay, so the rapture happens, bef- like uh, biblically in the, the line of events, it happens before? The rapture happens before. Okay, where's your reference for that? It actually does not say. That the is true. For it? Yeah. Well, there no, is where, can, no, where can you prove that? The rapture isn't even talked about. No, the, but the Greek word a, where we pull it from is. Is it? Yeah. That's where the word rapture comes from. Because I've heard both sides that that the rapture happens mm-hmm. right before but, the seven-year tribulation and then vice versa, it happens after the seven-year tribulation. There there are five, I'd say three major views where it's pre, post, or mid. Um, I'm, a, I'm a pre-tribulationist, I believe. Before that seven years begins, before that 70th week of Daniel's prophecy, because we're at the 69th week and we're at that gap period between week 69 and week 70 where the fulfillment will come to pass. We're in the church age right now where it's up to the church. And once that 70th week begins, the beginning of it is when the rapture happens. So that's when we're going to be caught up in the air. That's when he comes, thief in the night. No man knows the day or the hour. And really quickly why I don't believe it's um, a mid-tribulationalist or a pre-wrath. because What's the, the tribu- mid one? I haven't heard of that one. The tribulation's broken up three, three and a half years, three and a half years. Mm-hmm. Three and a half years of tribulation and then three and a half years of God's wrath. The first three and a half years are not going to be as bad as the last three and a half. Oh, really? Yeah. Is that like biblical? That's biblical? Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. still all God's wrath and it's yep. still all his tribulation. It's still all separate from anything that's come before because it's a time of great tribulation and then great wrath after. But those first three and a half years, um, we're not called to that. We're not mentioned in that. We're not told we're going to be there for that. So if we're supposed to be, um, if we don't know when the day or the hour is, and I know that this is the tribulation starting because now the Antichrist has united the world. Mm-hmm. Well, I just count down three and a half years and I know where the rapture is. So I don't believe it there. Yeah, that's and, true. And Thessalonians and Galatians, we're not called to suffer, we're called to salvation. So why are we going to be there for the wrath? In Thessalonians 4, the very last verses comfort one another with these words where it's talking about how we're going to be caught up with him. Why would is I comfort Tessal- you? Sorry, is Thessalonians in the New or Old Testament? New Testament. Okay. But like... At the end of that chapter four, why would I comfort someone else by saying, hey, we're going to go through seven years of absolute hell. <laughs> you and me, it's going to be great. And no. then and then God's going to come get us after that. So, so Yeah, tight. see, the logic is flawed. In- and why wouldn't then Paul and Jesus warn about that time for Christians? They warn about suffering. They warn about hatred. And they tell you what to do about that. They tell you how to deal with that. But then there's a separate event, which is that great tribulation period. And it doesn't say rapture at any time in that but this says um and i think i may have put it in my notes too in revelation when it's describing what's going to happen in those periods and in the end the church is no longer a part of it and we're the church unless any of the three of you are of jewish descent nope uh-huh. i'm not okay <laughs> <laughs> but so i believe that there is a separation between the church and the 
the body of Israel. And yes, we get those promises too, but they are still, and I use this word gently, they are still the first elect, the first chosen. So eventually there has to come a point where God says, okay, I've given my message to the entire world, the church. It's your turn again to fulfill that. That's where I believe the 144,000 come in. So I believe when the rapture happens, we're going to be taken away. The church age is done. It's on you guys now. It's on the Jews. There are going to be 144,000. Um, of Jewish descent? In your yeah, of Jewish descent. 12 from, yeah, 12,000 from each tribe mm-hmm. come together. And that's what's going to be left over. To, that's the thousand year reign. Do you believe Jesus comes down? No, that's, that's not the thousand. That's the tribulation period. And then at the end of the tribulation period, that's when he comes back with the, with the uh, the horse. That's so, when he comes back, fight, win the war. Doesn't he throw the, the devil thousand? into the lake of fire in that time? Yes. Okay, and then the thousand year reign happens after, and then thousand year reign. Okay, but no, the but devil is locked. The, the, the devil is locked away in that time, and then after is loosed again. But he's already in the lake of fire. Yeah. That doesn't make sense to me. Well, so wouldn't mm. it be seven year tribulation and then you cut to the thousand year reign with but, the 144,000? But so what ends that, the Antichrist? What ends his rule? What saves the Jews again? We have to come back. We have to fight. We have to win. Once it's defeated, then we get the earth again for a thousand years. That's when we make it under his power perfect again. And then we reign back up in heaven. And but then if everything is put away, if he's def- if Satan's defeated in the lake of fire before the thousand years how is he loosed again yeah how so is he, i, I how have to check where it again? says he gets put into the lake of fire if it's right after that seven years because i don't maybe he's like locked up and then he's destroyed think, after so, the thousand which is what i've yes, always believed because it says because uh, it, it satan it says satan will be locked up and in revelations it talks about angels that are locked up under the Euphrates River, who are yeah. going to be lo- loosed on the earth, released yeah. on the earth, mm-hmm. it would be the same deal. Mm-hmm. What does that even mean? Like released on the earth? Like they're going to just yes, they're going to kill slaughter. They, they will they will gather together the kings of the east to cause havoc on the earth. Yep. So I wonder what that would look like on earth, like a meeting with all the like the heads. And then there's these like how is the world going to react to something like that? Like so aliens, biblically, think, they're going to love it. Hmm? Biblically, they're going to love it. Yeah. Because the Antichrist is... So this is at the beginning of the notes again, too, to understand all of the end. And that's why Revelation gets more and more confusing because you're learning, you're growing, you're maturing, but you're not maturing in everything, the 65 books before that. You need to know so much of that before you can begin to understand what's happened. So whenever someone comes to me and says, I want to read Revelation, I say, don't. Read Daniel. Then try it. And it'll confuse them even more than they would have if they just read Revelation but at least I'm giving you a foundation of something that sets the stage for what's to come. So to understand what's going to happen in that end times in the tribulation and leading up to it too, there is the, um, there, there's the fall of Satan, right? So, or the fall of Lucifer and his fall, his sole purpose, like we said earlier, is to just keep us from God, not even to make us suffer on earth. It's really to give us pleasure on earth, but to keep us from God. And since then his goal has been, Unity has been power on earth, and he has power of the earth. So you see in the note, the first time he tried it was with Nimrod. He gathered everyone together to build the Tower of Babel, and God said, psych, no, split up. So they did. So you think that was orchestrated by Satan? 100%. Okay. Nimrod, bad guy. Stupid. Two O's. And then he tried it again with... <laughs> dumb, um, dumb. <laughs> do you have my note open there? Yeah, I do. I got the Daniel one open oh, right now. I need to find... Where is it? And then he tried it again with um, Antiochus Epiphanes. 
he, he conquered Jerusalem. So people thought this is the abomination of des- desolation when he's come and he's taken Jerusalem. But then Jesus talks about it again in Matthew. So it couldn't have happened then. It was just the devil again, trying to unite and take over. And then he tried to tempt Jesus to do it. He looked around and he said, I can give you all this. And Jesus never said, no, you can't because he knows that Satan has power on the earth. So that was another time when he tried it. But the time where it's going to succeed is with the antichrist and it's going to be full unity of the earth. And, People say, like, we're all going to get tripped, or a lot of the Christians will get tripped up, and they're going to fall for it. Yeah, I think a lot of them will. I think a lot of those liberal Christians are the ones that don't really know this stuff are going to get tripped up. So I think it's important that we talk about and understand that, hey, there are signs coming. Hey, there are things you can look for. I'm kind of with you on the on the whole pre... Uh thousand year uh, Yeah, like being, like the rapture happening before all the tribulation. It only makes sense. Like, why would... God put his people through God's wrath meant for mm-hmm. those thing, that rejected him. The only thing I could think is maybe a potential test of faith, but that's the whole point of being ready for the rapture. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, God's judgment. It on the, and we're already experiencing like as a, as a Christian, you are the odd one out in today's hardcore day and age, especially in Canada. We are one of the most liberal, like woke countries in the world right now. Like I was driving, I was um in near Toronto and I seen what? Someone keeps someone Some, keeps going crazy. That was that was my stomach. <laughs> did I eat lunch or supper? Uh I did. Okay, keep going. But anyway, I seen one of the biggest gay flags I've ever seen. Like it was massive. Like you know those like how they fly like the Canadian flag out by Windsor, mm-hmm. like right by the, right by the, the, river, the river. It was like, it was like close to that size, dude. Sheesh. Yeah. And we got, when we got like California, that's try that has already said that children can give sent, consent to sexual activity and they're trying to orient it and they're like promoting suicide in Canada and like. Dude, everything's going backwards. I had this uh, video sent to me from a buddy. Um, now, I don't know exactly if it's like, okay, he lives downstream from a bunch of greenhouses. So it could be that. Okay. But he has this river that crosses through his backyard and for three days it ran red in Kingsville. I have a video on my phone of it. Hmm. I'll show it to you guys after. I just need a Could be red iron. Fire. Could be red iron in the water. Yeah, like I said, it's from uh, like he's lives down. Blind. No, no, I I seen the video. It's oh, definitely yeah. red. Um, but uh, what do you think it, that signifies? Like a random little well, ditch. Joel chapter two talks about the rivers running red. And there was there's another major river somewhere in the world that just recently turned very red. And also the Euphrates River is also drying up. And also the kings of the East are at unrest because you got Ukraine, you got Russia, and you got China, Taiwan, and, Taiwan, and that side of the world well, basically losing its mind. The Eastern superpowers are banding together. I don't know if you saw. It's like what? India, uh, Russia, like uh, Saudi, like the big guys, they're all teaming up. Uh, hmm. China, like they're all, they all had a meeting. This is going back over a month. But they're they're forming a little coalition really? alliance thing going on. Two hundred million man army. Oh yeah, we'd get we'll get spanked. 
like you said, there's things to look out for. And a lot yeah. of things that you're supposed to look out for are happening mm-hmm. right now. But as long as there's a lot of division, that's still good. Or not good, but like, that means it's not time yet. Yeah. It's not really. that bad yet. And at well, the because s- the Antichrist will unite everything. And then once it's united, then he flips it. So when, but the rapture happens before we even hear from the Antichrist, yeah. in, in your opinion, right? Like, well, so well, he might be on opinion, the scene already, but, yeah. but well, then he'll, he'll get into that power. He'll start the unity. I think he's definitely on the scene already because the devil doesn't know that time either. So he constantly has to have somebody prepared. Yeah, that is a thought as well. That is absolutely a thought. Also, I just checked on the lake of fire thing. Before the thousand year reign, the beast is thrown in, but then the devil after. So the beast and the devil mm-hmm. are two separate things. So, Oh, dude, there are so many examples in history of somebody trying to unite the world to take over the world and create it as one. There is uh, Genghis Khan, Alexander the Great, mm-hmm. Hitler. There are so many examples mm-hmm. throughout history. Of, well, of, I, I heard something recently. Hitler wanted a thousand year reign as well. Like that's one of his quotes. And I'd have to check that. Someone else fact check it for me after this podcast. It's very interesting thinking about it like that because he purposely targeted the Jewish like the Jewish people. Yeah. And that's exactly who would be the beneficiary of the, what do you call it? The soul the antichrist no no no. beast like what did the jewish people get that we don't like what you you had a little word for it what did i say it was really it would sound really smart the elect yes the chosen that one the elect okay but again i use that word lightly Lightly, because there's some people that'll take that but maybe he's in a calvinist direction yeah and i'm not you're not a calvinist as soon as you as soon as you said that i was like are you Calvinist? yeah that's that's a buzzword right there and no we're so we're all chosen what's a calvinist like just that it's solely for jewish people no to go to heaven or no go ahead uh really when you boil it down the calvinism puts one attribute of god above the rest and that would be his sovereignty and we as baptists or whatever you guys are we all believe in god's sovereignty he's in control and he has the power and he can do whatever but he gave us free will Calvinism would say, with his sovereignty, he will awake you and he will choose you to be saved. And he's already chosen you. And there's a lot of scripture that can be confusing. So the word, if you go through Ephesians, I'm teaching Ephesians to the youth group because they chose that. So I said, I'll go through it. It's one of the worst books for you guys to choose because it'll all go way over your head. Took me months to get through the first three chapters, but we did. It talks about the chosen, the adopted, the elect, the ones chosen before the beginning of time, the ones who are predetermined. Yes, God knows that all four of us men were going to choose him at some point, but he did not force us to do it. No. He didn't. We didn't wake up one day and God said, it's time. See, you know how I'd look at that? Because a lot of people are like, well, then how do you have free will if God knows what you're going to do? Imagine you're, you've watched a movie. You know how the movie's going to unfold. Yeah. Now you're watching, you're watching it for the second time. It's going to unfold the exact same way. Yeah. You already knew. You didn't make the movie. You didn't yeah. put your little things in there. You Well... Obviously, God has a play in your life, but yeah, I, I, I that's how I kind of like that that's sense. how it makes sense in my head, and I just mm-hmm. came up with that myself. Like it's a movie. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that makes any sense, or if you find that if you would contradict that or argue that. No, I, I'll take it for now. I'll take it with a soft sixty percent for now. There you go. Yeah, there you go. But that's that's why the the word elect is a buzzword sometimes. Okay, you know what my brother said? He says that he thinks that God knows every possibility of what could happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he knows every single choice that's going to happen in your life. He knows, like, like he just knows every single possibility. Because if you make one choice, like you have free will. Mm-hmm. So you're 
given two choices. You could take one or the other. And your life right? will split into a completely different direction. See, mm-hmm. my, my, argue, my argument with that is you're limiting. You're basically saying, well, God doesn't. He doesn't know exactly what I'm going to do. No, he knows. Like, it's just he knows like, all the possibilities, but he'll know the exact one you pick. I mean, I guess yeah, you. I, I feel like you're. Yeah. That's so, a so bad point because then he doesn't know what you're gonna yeah. do, and then you. That's a limited God. Mm-hmm. You know what I but mean? But that, yeah, but that's not. I don't think that's what you're saying, though. Like, <sighs> it is. I think. Am I wrong? Oh, like, like he like knows, he knows the like possibilities, he, but he doesn't know which one you're gonna pick. So that's kind of the gist. Yeah, is that what you're saying? Or you don't even know. Uh, fully. Yeah. So uh, this I'm, is I'm, this is where I enjoy this part of it. Okay. Because. Explain to me in full detail, in a comprehensive way, as if I'm a two-year-old, what the Trinity is. You can't, okay? No matter how hard you try, you use the egg scenario, you use the three states of matter, you use the circles, but in the arrows, you can't do it. Why? Because God, we we cannot understand. Our head will never be big enough to exactly. understand that. We, we can't do that. Mm-hmm. We don't have that power, that comprehensive ability. So the same thing is what I believe with that sovereignty. Like He knows what you're going to do, but he didn't make you do it. No. God does not care when I do that. Yeah. That does not affect my my salvation, my faith, or anyone else, really. That has nothing to do with it. But he God's knew you priority. were going to do that. He knew I was, but he did not make me do it. Yeah. I can do it again. I don't want to because it was louder yeah. than I expected. Yeah, but there you like, go. He knows the overall plan. So in Ephesians 2, it talks a lot about his overall plan, his inheritance that he's going to give to you. And I broke that down to the kids and I said, he's got a plan for your life, but he's got a bigger plan for your life. And they're like, what the heck does that even mean? Like He knows what he, what you're going to do. And he doesn't really care if you do this or that in a day-to-day, if you're if you're twiddling your thumbs or if you tip over a water bottle. He cares where you're going to be at the end of your life and how you're going to serve him. That's his plan. And also at the same time, you could, like there's people that ask, they have the question, well, if God's a loving God and he knows what I'm going to do, then why does he let people exist who he knows is going to go to hell? But if he would allow those people not to exist, he did not allow that person to have the free will. And also, if he would not allow that person to exist, he would have not allowed the free will of the people who created that person in the first place because it was their choice to get together to create that human being. And hence, we would be robots. And at the same time, that person also is not, doesn't go to hell because of God. They go to hell because of their own choices. Yeah. If he created only, if he only created people that he knew would end up serving him in the end, then he doesn't, there's no actual free will. You know what I mean? Because he's, He's filtering it then. Yep. And that's not what happens. So the way the way I'd like to look at it too is if he made humans in his image, which he did, he had to give us free will. Mm-hmm. He didn't make animals that way and he gave them instincts and they, there are things they just follow. They don't think about it. They just do it. Yeah, birds just fly south in the wintertime. Yeah, I don't know which way is south half the time. So how am I? Gonna, <laughs> I I'm stupid. I was given free will. <laughs> I am sheep. But we have like the most basic basic instinct like yeah. to suck because babies can <laughs> suck milk to suck at hockey suck at singing suck at doing every suck at school suck at my job you just one, one thing <laughs> i found suckle. though is that life is just one big sock and you just got to keep pushing through it one day I, you hope for one day that will suck less yeah <laughs> but you look at golf man even the professionals think they suck just, well they do yeah yeah Tell them they suck. <laughs> Dude, I look because I've been hitting the gym pretty hard. And uh, there's some people, they'll, they'll be like, Yeah, dude, I've noticed. I've noticed. Oh, you're looking like you're getting bigger. But then I, like, I'll, I'll like look in the mirror sometimes and I'll be like, Dang, I'm still so tiny. 
you know <laughs> even i saw uh, like i guess i saw, like there's still so That's much more to learn body dysmorphia i think right uh yeah uh, maybe i have a little bit i mean it depends it varies sometimes i look in the mirror and i'm like dang i'm huge <laughs> and then sometimes i'll look at it and i'll be like man guess i'm crying myself to sleep tonight yeah pretty much <laughs> it varies and it, it, it's nice when you have somebody mm-hmm. you're just like oh okay cool. yeah, I, I have been getting bigger all right because <laughs> sometimes it's hard to see yourself right and it's, it's nice hearing that uh, affirmation every now and then. To circle back to one more thing that you said about like, I know it wasn't your thought, but it's like the questions we get about how if God made this person do this, then he sent them to hell. Well, no, because who did God give a job to? Boy. Us. Yeah, he gave Adam responsibility before evil was even in the world. Yeah. And then he gave after him responsibility that. to name the animals. Yeah, but then like after that, for the people that die and go to hell, he gave the Jews the responsibility. And when he gave them their ruler, they killed him. So then he gave it to the church instead, which is us. And it's our job to save those people. I've heard it the last two Sundays I've been at church um, because I had two different speakers, two guest speakers come in and both of them said, if you're a Christian, you're a missionary. Congratulations. Now start living like it. Do something about it. Mm -hmm. It's our like it's not God's fault. They go to hell. It's our job. He passed the torch on to us. He gave us the power. But I think it's our job to speak the word and to tell them about it, but it's there it's up to them. Like I don't I don't know if I necessarily like that wording. It's n- like it's not up to us to save people. It's up to us to plant the seed. Mm-hmm. Plant the and seed and also the water work. the seed. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and yeah, and water the seed to help that person, but God is the one that who initially allows it to grow. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I still I very firmly believe if you die and you wake up in hell, you're going to know that that was because of your own doing. Mm-hmm. Sorry to cut you off. You wanted no, to say I, something. No, I, I just had a thought. Like, too, it's, I feel like today, in 2023, we're fighting a whole different war than the Christians were 100 years ago with, with minister, ministering. And what I mean by that is, it speaks about people being turned over to a retrograde mind, which is like this, like this. I think you mean to say reprobate. Reprobate mind, whatever. I thought it was retrobate. I don't know. Anyway, it just means like they have this veil over them that they just, they don't see clearly. And I think a lot of people today have that going mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. because I see like on TikTok, you're scrolling and there's these, these street preachers. They're just there. They got the mic. They got that little boom box and they're preaching and the harassment they get. It's it's insane. And I only see it happen to the Christians. Yep. The Muslim community respected. They're so well respected and yeah. they they're they they have the same belief sets, like not the, definitely not the same, but they mm-hmm. they have the same stance on political issues as we do mm-hmm. as Christians. You, you know like where we stand on sorry? What's neat about them too is the the Quran says the God of the Jews and the Christians and your God are all the same, so respect them. Really? Yeah. And then they hate us more than anyone because we pervert it. Oh, really? Yeah, it's your, your Bible, the one that you claim is truth, is the one that says to respect us because it's the same God. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's wrong, but... Yeah, no, I... But, like, they have the same stance on, like, homosexuality. Like, the big issues going on right now. Yeah. Homosexuality, like, all these issues. And they get no flack for it. It's the Christians that do. And that's just yeah. really... That really... I don't know, for me, that's like, man, that's how you know you're in the right one. Yeah, yeah, it proves it. Because you have doubts sometimes. Like yeah. everyone's had their doubts, but like, how do you know? 
Yeah. Well, we're getting the exact persecution that's mentioned. Yeah. If, if you ever have doubts, which comes, like the devil will just throw that at you. It oh, doesn't yeah. matter how strong you are in your faith, he's going to throw it at you. Mm-hmm. Just look around. Look at the sun. Look at how the trees are growing. Look at yeah. these roadways and houses and vehicles that lumps of meat created. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Like, Just look at a body. Just look at your kids. How? How does a kid become... A dying man. Evolution? <laughs> no, Monkey. <laughs> to go back to sharing the gospel, man. Because I've wanted to, I like, I've thought about just, I wanted to be a lot more open about it. I want to be a lot more bold about it. Mm. And I, there's like small ways that I've been trying to do it. I remember this one guy, this one guy, uh, he was walking down the street. And then I, I was just like, I just drove past him. And then I stopped and I was like, ugh. I'm going to go see if he needs a ride. So I turned around, picked up, uh, I was going to ask him if he needed to go anywhere. He, he said no. He, he he was nearby where he needed to go. And then I just I just told him, I was like, you know, Jesus loves you. You know, I just figured I would, like I asked him if he was a Christian. There. And uh, and he, he had a hard time speaking English. We had a small interaction. We left. And like sometimes, like I'll give in. And then sometimes I'll see somebody. And it's just like, I'm like, man, should I talk to that person? And then I don't. And then I feel bad about it. But it was like the worst time to do it. You know what I mean? And so like, I, I don't know. I don't mm. know. Because like people are like, yeah, you got to listen to that little voice. But sometimes listening to that little voice is just like, 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 I don't know how to explain it. If it's me or if it's God. Like there's the one time I was at work and this one guy was just standing there. And I was just like, something was like, man, I should talk to that guy. And then uh, like in my head, I was like, Okay, God, if I'm supposed to talk to this guy, then let him stay here until I'm fin- finished what I need to do. Because I'm I'm paid by the hour. I should stay there. And, and he left. And I was just like, but should I have talked to him? So like, is it like, is it in my head or if it, or is it God? Or like, what do you, what do you think? Do you think I'm just insane? No, no, absolutely not. I think, <laughs> I think you've got a truth and it's, it's good that you want to share it. And if you want to do it and you're not busy on a Wednesday night, I think next when, not this coming Wednesday this week, but the next one, my church is going out and we're just either going to be passing out flyers or we're going to be knocking on people's doors or we're going to just stop people on the street and talk to them. We, we did that last month and the month before. Like, what do you, what are some like pretty interesting experience, like interactions you've, you've had doing something like that? Um, <laughs> Me and my my buddy Braden, we were downtown and we were just talking to people on the street and we had some some papers with us that we were giving out if anyone wanted any. And like if we didn't want to give them a paper right away, we'd just try and start a conversation. So we'd just be like, hey, do you have a second? I got a question for you. And they'd just be like, yeah, what's up? And usually I'd try and lead something in, but at the end of the night I was getting a little tired of doing lead up. So I just asked that person that we stopped and like, what do you know about Jesus? And he's like, oh, effing blah, 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 and started walking away. <laughs> Not that much, eh? <laughs> I've done that with my uh, one church. My buddy invited me to one of those, and I was just like, "Well, you know what? I think it'd be good to be a little bit more bold about it." So we went. Yeah. Well, we, we just we just put um, uh, what are they, the pamphlets? Tracks. Yeah, yeah tracks. we put we just put tracks on people's doors, and then if we had an opportunity to talk to somebody, then we would. Yeah, I was shut down. There was only one guy that didn't shut me down. Really? Yeah, I just like I kind of I. I just walked up to him and I kind of just told him my story and what Jesus has done in my life. Mm-hmm. And then, and then that was it. And then I walked away. Yeah. 
and gave him the track and he said he was going to read it. And I'll like, I hope and pray that he probably looked and that he looked at it. Yeah. With, with our church, it's, it's a little bit easier this time because we're going out and we have a, a kid's VBS next month. So we're going to be like, that's our gateway in. And last time we went, I went with my fiance, like she was my partner. So we went and for the first block that we were handing out the tracks, we just put them in the doors and left. And she was like, why aren't we knocking on the doors? I'm like, ah, I don't know. I'm just not feeling like it. And she's like, let's start knocking on doors. Like the whole next block, everyone answered and everyone was nice. And every single person stayed for a conversation Hmm. for at least a minute or so. Wow. Maybe we should do this more often. I know my church, they are, well, it's not my church, but the church that I went with, uh, the group of people that I went with, um, they, uh, I think they did knock on doors, but they got in a lot of trouble for knocking on doors and they had to stop. Really? Trouble how? Um, it could be like considered disturbing the peace. I mean, yeah. there, there's, there's, and they, like they were putting it in people's mailboxes, but they got in trouble for that too. But so then if Bell does it with an advertisement, they can do it. Yeah. And also Jesus says, I came not to bring peace, but a sword. <laughs> well, you know, doesn't mean I can't, if somebody, some lady came out, the one I knocked on or I was going to put it on her door and he walked up and she's like, can I help you? And I was like. Yeah, I was wondering if I could interest you in a gospel. Mm-hmm. And she was just like, no, have a good day. I was like, I tried to say something. And then she's like, no, have a good day. Yeah. And then she just quickly walked inside. Yeah. And that's how it is. Yeah. Like, just expect the worst every single time. It's not like you're going to go out and, like, you shouldn't expect to go and convert, like, 20 people every no. time you go no. out. Because it's not going to happen. Just just like if you go out 20 times, <laughs> you're lucky to convert one person. Yeah. Yeah. But the whole, like we talked about it earlier, the you're just planting a seed or yeah. you're watering it. That's all. It takes 25 people to save one over a span of 25 years. And all it takes is, like, even if that one person does reject you, maybe it's, like, thought-provoking to them. Yeah. You know you're, what I mean? You're the one that planted the seed now. Like, even, like, a negative interaction for you could be a potential positive reaction for them. Mm-hmm. Like, where they will reject you for a question that you ask them. Hey, where are you? Are you, like, are you saved? Mm-hmm. And then they'll just brush you off, swear at you, or say something. And then maybe they'll go home and they'll be like, man, I wonder if there is something to that what that guy said. Mm-hmm. You know? It, it's just like. Obviously, it's not going to happen to everyone, but if it happens just to one guy, mm-hmm. just to one guy, or if you can say something to one dude, because there is some serious desperation out there, man. Mm-hmm. Everywhere. Like, a great example is just, like, addicts. Like, if you go down, like, I uh, now that I, when I go down um, downtown Windsor, I see a lot more addicts than I used to, mm-hmm. a lot more homeless people than I used to. And, like, if you see videos of, like, East Hastings and BC and just all around, dude, it is just heartbreaking, man. Like, this world is such a heartbreaking place. And then there's just, like, this light. And, like, why wouldn't you share that light? Mm -hmm. Because you're too afraid to. Mm -hmm. You might get sweared at. You know? I mean, there's worse that could happen. But most Mm -hmm. likely, somebody's just going to say something to you. That's the worst that, like... Well, even if something bad were to happen, um, why would you have fear for the man who's just got an iron sword when there's a God who can separate the spirit from the, from your body? Yeah, but it is natural to be scared to get stabbed. Absolutely. You know? 100%. Frank's like, stab me. Stab me. Me. I would like to believe that I would, uh, like, I, like, I want to say with confidence 
Like, I mean, I've never been in this situation. I want to say in confidence that I will stand my ground, obviously, because it's my beliefs, like, kill me. But it would be terrifying. It would be very hard. Because, like, I just, I just know, like, getting cut, like, even, like, a minor cut just but sucks. I've, I've heard about this from my, uh, from my mentor, actually, uh, and the people in the Roman Colosseum. So there's this uh, torch that was lit every time they used it. And that torch, the fuel for that torch was a Christian. Mm-hmm. They put a Christian in there, burned alive. Well, you ever heard of Emperor Nero? All the things he did too? Yeah, there's some hard stuff yeah. out there. He and lit up his garden that night with burning Christians. Really? Yeah. But Dang. Yeah, anyways, uh, um, what he was saying is that if, if you really have this faith in God, the Holy Spirit brings this comfort to you that you don't feel the pain. You, you are ready to go. Ready to go through to the end. Hmm. And you're dying for hmm. God's will. I don't know, man. I, I don't know either. Because he even got stoned and then I walked up. So. Yeah, we got no proof on that one. <laughs> they, <laughs> they, all they all died. died. <laughs> like, not to be morbid, but that's the truth. No, I just, Stephen didn't. He got stoned and then he walked right back up later. What? Oh, no, no, you're talking Stephen about Paul. Died. No, yeah, 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 Stephen. I'm talking about Paul. Paul was stoned. Yeah, Stephen was the first. Paul was stoned multiple times, got into multiple shipwrecks. Like snake bites. Snake bites, yeah, yeah, all sorts of junk. Paul's just trying to go to Rome. <laughs> <laughs> I know that there was Christians um, in a Baptist that were being burnt at the stake, and they would sing while they were yeah. being burnt. So what they started doing is they started sticking bolts through their tongues to weigh down their tongues so they couldn't sing anymore. That's brutal. Mm-hmm. Or uh, there are so many horrific things that, that have happened to Christians. And uh, I just, like me personally, I think to be afraid to talk to somebody because I'm going to have an awkward social interaction mm-hmm. is pretty pathetic. Yeah, like that's the worst thing that, that'll happen, right? Like. People have suffered worse. Luke twelve twelve says, uh, "For the Holy Ghost shall teach you in the same hour what you ought to say." Yeah, I like that one. Uh, the last thing I did with my youth just on Friday is I taught them what a testimony is, and I just said, "It's your life before, it's your decision, it's your life after," and that's all you need to know to share any gospel with anyone. If you made that transition, if you if you accepted that, and you follow the call of Christ now. You're, you're set to go become a missionary because you understand it. To some degree, you have to to make that choice. I think that's a good thing for somebody to, to keep in mind. Just like you don't have to go into detail about the Bible if you're trying to share the gospel with somebody. Like just tell them, like if you want to exp- just explain what Jesus has done in your life, yeah. the change he's made in your life. That is an, like, that's a t- like you said, it's a testimony to what God did in your life. And, and that's of, amazing. Us, yeah. And it's it, unique to you. It is your story. It is n- like, it's not just something that's been read over and over again. That's like a, that that's like a, that's a unique page in a Bible that God has c- created through you, mm-hmm. through your life. Like, like that's, yeah, that's the best way I can explain it. It's like an or, uh, original book of the Bible. And, and, and like God shows you things through his word at the time that you need it. So you have things to share. Cause none of us will ever know this book front to back, like in, in full detail. There's no way. Cause I've heard it said before. There's people that say sometimes you might be the only Bible that anyone ever reads. Yeah. Mm. 
I don't, I don't know how I feel about that saying, but I guess you could you could say that that your own story is a testimony to those people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm so glad you brought that up because like that that need that we need to be spreading the gospel to other people. The same thing happens then once the gospel shared and once that person becomes a Christian or once you're interacting with other Christians, like all this stuff we were talking about, revelation, spiritual warfare, all that stuff, it's so just not known. And that stuff you still have to keep talking about. So when you know it, just as much as it's your obligation to share this stuff with other people who aren't Christians, the other stuff of scripture, it's your obligation now to share and disciple. So the split between is first like evangelize and then disciple. What does Jesus say in the Great Commission? Baptize them, making or make disciples, and then baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Like, make a disciple. And what's a disciple? You're teaching someone, you're training them, you're bringing them up in the faith and this stuff in the Word. So, yeah, that was my thought with that. Hmm. Hmm. Which was why it's fun to talk about, even though we didn't talk a whole lot about it, but the the revelation stuff, yeah. the end times, all that. This is uh, going to be a lot to digest for the listeners, for sure. You might have to listen to it twice if you yeah. want to get it all. Mm. But uh, yeah, I think we're going to wrap her up now. It was uh, it was a lot of fun having you on. I think I learned a lot, like just just bouncing stuff off each other, like, and then having it tie into scripture. Like mm. it's it's cool. I got to say one thing though, uh, from ta- oh, Proverbs twenty seven seventeen. It says, iron sharpeneth iron, so sharpeneth the man the countenance of his friend. Yeah. And the differences that we have in our thoughts is what sharpens us. Because mm-hmm. if we were all the same, then we wouldn't become sharper. You're not, like, you're not putting anything up against that knife. Yeah. It's those differences that make you actually look into those certain situations. So if you have a disagreement with somebody, look into it. Mm-hmm. Do something about it. Figure I- it out personally like disagreements yeah i think they're necessary you know a lot of people think it's a horrible thing i mean it depends uh especially if we're talking relationship wise like if you're in a relationship i think disagreements can be amazing depending like if it's about core values that could be definitely an issue but just overall just different disagreements as a to be vague is a good thing Mm mm-hmm but then, yeah, they, it sharpens each other and it should challenge each of us and anyone who listens. Like, go learn this for yourself. Go study it for yourself and yep. then come talk to one of these guys, not me. <laughs> you should definitely come on the podcast, 100%. Anybody who's listening. Yeah, if you're listening, hop on, even if you disagree with us. Like, right. especially if you disagree. Especially. He keeps saying, especially. Right. Have you guys noticed that? I disagreed. Can I come back? Yeah, man. It was fun. Yeah, yeah man. We'll have you Absolutely. on. We'll, we'll, we'll do part two right now. Oh, hey, God. welcome to the <laughs> welcome to episode seventy-eight. <laughs> yeah, we're not letting him start again. Yeah. Oh man, Wouldn't dude, it be eighty-seven I've... at this point. <laughs> I felt like I butchered some descriptions no, no, in here in this no, last in this podcast. No, no, I don't know, man. Can't say. I think I do that every podcast though. Like I'm trying to explain something and it's You're being explained horribly. <laughs> You're too harsh on yourself, man. Yeah, just let others man. do that for you. Yeah, man, uh, you suck. <laughs> it's your instinct. Hey, we said that we <laughs> we said that we were gonna read some of the comments um, that were written. There, there, uh, there were some, weren't there? I'll read a couple, but it's nothing like. But well, we said we'd read them, so like, let's okay, let's go over the last episode. I want to read one. Has none, so we'll go to the one before that. Someone said, 
loved the episode. <laughs> the next person said, legit 10 grand? Because we said that we were going to give away 10 grand as a joke. <laughs> that was a meme. Such a good episode. Awesome guests. There's not, they're not like asking questions. If you have questions, ask. Okay, this is someone said this. One topic that I really liked was talking about ADHD in classrooms. Being a teacher, it's beneficial hearing what pe- helped people that can't focus in class. So I can apply that in my classroom. We have a teacher listening to us? Yeah, Bro. man. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> what the Pray heck? And kids. then some guy said, more racist jokes equals a good time. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> like, that's why we're not, that's not why we're not going to read these comments, man. That's fine. Going some other ones. Yeah. I still have not heard a white racist joke. Like a good white racist joke. Like a really offensive one. And yeah. I, I feel like I really need one. I do too. I want to be hurt. <laughs> Someone, some people call us mayonnaise people. That's, That's not offensive. I know. It just doesn't even hurt. Like crack, or like cracker. I use cracker so unironically now. It's like my favorite word. Like sub Do you got any good white people jokes? Uh... So everyone, thanks for listening to this <laughs> yeah, episode. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, this, uh, thank you for coming <laughs> and for having me. Um, and thanks for being on. Thanks yeah, for hopping on. Time. It was a good time. We had a good time having you on. Thanks for uh, bringing some 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 good valuable information. Yeah. Also, there's a surprise coming to the Doy Boys community soon. I'm so excited. I am not. I haven't even told Frank and Joey. So yeah, I have no idea what's going on here. So I'm pretty excited about it. But that's coming soon. Hmm. Let's Is just it ten thousand dollars? Nah. <laughs> Let's just say. Follow us at the Doy Boys podcast. Yeah, follow us at the Doy Boys with a Z on Instagram. Give us those five star reviews. If you want our, if you really gonna say something good in our. In our little comments uh, comment section, like we'll read it. Haven't really seen a whole lot of good stuff, but hey, like a thumbs shoot up is some good, good to hear. ones hey, in there. That teacher gave teacher a good, good comment, and and you know what? I would love to have a teacher on the podcast. That'd be interesting. Hmm. That would be cool. That would be cool. You got any plugs? Yeah. Do you want to plug anything? Um. Uh, uh, love Jesus. Heck yeah. L- live, laugh, love Jesus. <laughs> you say live, laugh, love. <laughs> live, laugh, love Jesus. <laughs> Bro just quoted every every woman's sign in their oh, pet. I want to thank house. my mom <laughs> um, for getting me this far. Yeah, I hope you don't listen to this. To be honest, yeah, yeah, I felt like that for a couple of years. I don't want my parents looking at this. But yeah, anyway, we're gonna wrap her up. Thanks again for being on. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Adios. Adios. Always be a doy, always be a doy, always be a doy, always be a doy. Joey Smitty Franz, follow us on Instagram and always be a gosh darn doy. Da 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 doy. It's the Doyboy Podcast. 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 Always be a doy, always be a doy, always be a doy, always be a doy. Joey Schmitty Franz, follow us on Instagram and always be a gosh darn doy, da 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 doy.